Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is the Bullish Drive Podcast. What's up, family, and welcome to a brand new installment of the Bullish Drive Podcast. And as usual, I am super stoked to have you all with me. And today's episode is especially exciting. See, I've got a good friend and former professional esports athlete joining us to delve into the realms of faith, overcoming failure, and the world of video games. So let's start by understanding what esports truly entails. An esports or electronic sports is a competitive form of video gaming where skilled players either individually or in teams compete in organized multiplayer video game tournaments. And these events vary from local competitions to grand international tournaments with substantial prize pools. Esports encompasses a diverse array of video game genres including real-time strategy, first-person shooters, multiplayer online battle arenas or MOBAs, sports simulations, and fighting games, among others. So as the esports phenomenon continues to flourish, it has become essential for parents and therapists to grasp this subculture. Because video games, with their increasing realism and interactive elements, have raised questions about morality, psychosocial development, cultural influence, language, motor skills, and memory development, just to name a few. And extensive research strongly supports the positive impact of video games on motor skill development. Some studies have shown that children who focus on racing games exhibit heightened situational awareness, particularly when obtaining their driver's license and driving in general. They demonstrate an enhanced ability to predict the movement of other vehicles on the road. However, there's also a body of research indicating potential dangers, especially in online and violent video games, which can challenge morality and personal choices. Psychology has become increasingly interested in how video games play an active role in our culture today, especially in the lives of our youth. Despite potential concerns, video games continue to gain traction due to their growing popularity. Some of my most cherished childhood memories involve bonding with my brother over games like Mortal Kombat on our blue couch in the basement of our one-story rambler. And these games imparted valuable life lessons, ranging from sibling rivalry to strategic thinking and teamwork. Games like Legend of Zelda taught me to think creatively. Star Fox highlighted the importance of looking out for your teammates. StarCraft honed my resource management and adaptability skills, and NBA 2K taught me to stay focused amid distractions. Research in the field has explored the impact of video games on various aspects of human development, including cognitive growth and skill development, social formation and interactions, anxiety reduction and stress relief, achievement and progression, storytelling and creativity, confidence and self-esteem, as well as historical and political understanding. That's right. Video games can even give lessons in historical events and politics. Games like Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Civilizations, while their stories in and of themselves are incredibly fictitious, the events in which they are based around are strongly grounded in historical accuracy, often leading the gamer to interact with historical icons. These studies consistently demonstrate that gamers can achieve greater outcomes in these areas compared to their non-gaming counterparts. Curiously, many individuals outside the realm of video games underestimate the influence this medium holds over our youth and culture at large. Religious symbols and themes have been depicted in video games since the early stages, with games like Legend of Zelda incorporating biblical imagery. Games like Diablo delve into the ongoing spiritual battle between angels and demons with humans caught in the middle. Modern blockbusters like Cyberpunk 2077 intertwine missions with Christian ideals and moral choices, adding depth to the storyline. 
It's no longer a question of whether video games significantly influence our children and young adults. Rather, it's about ensuring the right video games have a positive impact on them. Video games require user input, which creates a new level of entertainment and immersion. And when it comes to violence, it's undeniable that video games often portray violent content. This presents a complex dynamic of lessons learned versus negative imagery potentially shaping future generations. And as a psychologist, I often grapple with the causation versus correlation question. Games like Mortal Kombat and Grand Theft Auto frequently emerge in discussions about causation of violent crimes. However, considering the widespread presence of violence in video games, the argument for causation weakens and leans more towards correlation. Many individuals who play the same games never engage in criminal activities, raising important questions about the true relationship between video game violence and real-life behavior. Matthew 6.22 reminds us that the light of the body is the eye. Whether one believes in causation or correlation in video games, or even in the books we read, the YouTube videos we watch, or the movies we see, our eyes serve as a gateway to our minds. The images we expose ourselves to shape our minds, they become the lamp that illuminates our bodies. Understanding the potential positive paths in video games is crucial, and like all forms of media, parental guidance is essential to ensure appropriate interpretation of content for young eyes. The danger arises when there is no form of filtering or explanation for what is being shown in these games. So are video games merely toys? Absolutely not. In the world of esports, as our guests today will discuss, there are ample career opportunities. However, this path comes with its own set of challenges. Much like any other high-level profession, the weight of statistics, the pressure of achieving, the impact of adversarial taunts during competition, and the commentary from pundits all add to the gravity of being a professional gamer. How does one strike a balance amidst all these elements? Well, with great excitement, I welcome my guest today, a close friend and former esports athlete for the Timberwolves NBA 2K team, Gabe Moulier. Welcome to the Bullish Drive podcast. For sure. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, man, I started, so I have a twin brother, right? So we, uh, I grew up in a pretty competitive household. Yeah. So we weren't competing outside on a field or on a basketball court. We were competing indoors playing video games, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we both as athletes, we loved just competitive sport games. So uh, anything from Madden, the NBA Live or 2K eventually, uh, baseball, MLB The Show games, NHL games. And I think that kind of sparked the interest to be able to compete over the sticks. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in college, 2K really became kind of the main game that all my roommates oh, yeah. played. I saw there was an announcement that they were actually going to become an official esports 2K league. At that time, I felt like, man, I'm beating my roommates. I'm pretty good. <laughs> uh, there's a couple game modes called Jordan Rec and Pro-Am. Yep. And that's really where the... Uh, the esports 2K league that that was their focus, just five on five type basketball play. And whenever I was playing there, dude, I was putting up numbers, and I was like, man, I think I might have a chance. So really, what happened was uh, because I always followed esports closely with Call of Duty and other game modes. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, I knew that it was so new that I just had to try and network. So I developed a Twitter, and I saw that a lot of the teams were actually doing the same thing. Reached out to people, sent like a resume, introduced <laughs> yes. myself. Uh, just posted screenshots of my gameplays, clips of my gameplay. Uh, tried to participate in as many amateur tournaments. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I started getting noticed. And uh, eventually, people were kind of considering me as a top point guard prospect. And then I even made, uh, I participated in the 2K League Combine. 
was okay. considered the top 250 prospect Come on. Uh, in the world, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Come on. And then, uh, yeah, man, from there, just really tried grinding and, and, and getting my foot in the door. Didn't get drafted, but I became a, a practice squad player for the home home squad team and the Minnesota Timberwolves gaming team. And then, uh, bro, just try to stay active and just try to play and, and, and really brush up the skills and get better. Were you naturally kind of a social guy? Was networking just kind of a muscle you had or how did you develop Right. That? I think it's something that I developed. I was a shower kid growing up, okay. uh, but I grew up in a home. My dad was a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. So one thing that he taught us was always when he, we, when we even went out to college, he talked about the importance of making connections. So mm -hmm. I think it really was the way that I was raised. And over time, it became a muscle in which was developed. Mm -hmm. uh, now in my life, I consider myself to be social, you know? I yeah, think that's one sure. of the main reasons yeah. why I was excited about this podcast because I said, man, I get to sit down and talk with James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> it was something you developed over time. You know, in, in sports psychology, we call it grit, right? It's okay. and, and how we develop grit is just constantly engaging in these things that we're not necessarily comfortable doing, but right. we, we continue to do it and you build it. So, you know, you see right. athletes, we see people like yourself who's just like, man, they got grit. Right. Like they're just going <laughs> after it. Right. Right. Now, how much, um, how much does that transfer over to other aspects of your life where now that you've built that muscle, you're able right. to use that in other areas? I think that's just fundamentally who I am, you know, yeah. in, uh, in a lot of ways, even considering in sports, uh, what I do now with ministry and speaking, uh, gaming, I never felt like I was the most talented. But instead, it felt like if I could prepare myself, if I could do the little and mm -hmm. take care of what I can uh, take care of to eliminate anxiety, to feel sure of what's in me, mm. uh, that would allow me to be in, in a moment where I would feel confident and feel like yeah. I had some sort of an edge, you know? Yeah. So it's funny how you define that as grit in your world. But uh, to me, I would actually, that, that's probably one of the, the core values that I've lived by my whole life, you know? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love, I love that. And so th that sounds like just consistent mental, like performance management. You spoke on anxiety. Can, can you touch a little right. bit more on that as far as like esports and just kind of your prep? Right. So I think naturally, uh, you know, you begin to in esports, like most people, uh, I would even consider it as a, as a sport or anything that you you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. You start off with a natural love and desire for it. Right. And then I think as you start realizing, wait a minute, I may have a future in this. That's where the comparison may come to play. That's mm -hmm. where it becomes a little more competitive, especially in the esports industry. You know, uh, as I mentioned, being listed as a top 250 prospect. Well, now there's 249 prospects that I'm looking at and saying, am I better than this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think there's just this natural comparison that may lead to anxiety. You feel like, man, I want to be noticed. I want to be approved of. Uh, and then just even self-doubt and questioning whether or not you have it and then again with esports as you're making it in in into bigger scenes bigger moments mm -hmm. bigger audiences yeah that can also play play a factor you know i think what's helped me is as i mentioned before for one my faith uh, mm. really the relationship that i have with jesus my belief in his word yeah. and my belief in what he's spoken over me uh but secondly also being in those situations Mm. where I've had to learn how to deal with that. You know, uh, I used to wrestle in high school, right? There was one moment where my dad meets me in the locker room because I'm throwing up before me. 
you know so from from a very young age i felt like i would deal with anxiety but as an athlete what i realized and this it took me to one of my i think my sophomore year of college playing, playing lacrosse I started realizing that what made me feel more comfortable, more confident was my preparation. So watching mm. film and that same thing translated into esports. The same okay. habits that I built as an athlete, as, as a as a lacrosse player, I did exactly with esports. I would watch film. I would study my opponent. Mm. I would study mistakes in which I would commonly make. Mm-hmm. Uh, really big on speaking life over myself, speaking words over myself. So uh, for one, just truly believe in like you've done this before. You've been in these moments before, you know, Uh, and just kind of speaking life to myself has been something that really has helped. And then also experience, time, consistency. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned, I think uh, you and I have lived long enough to know that we're bound to fail. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had moments where I've embarrassed myself and uh, just coming to terms with the fact that every time I failed, I have learned, I've developed. I even think you said that on one of your clips I just watched recently, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're. Uh, it's just the perspective in which I have with failure, you know, mm. that's allowed me to to limit that anxiety in those moments. So I know that's a long answer, but mm. I think it's something I've learned over time. And there's been different uh, uh, principles that I've had to apply in my life to, to get to this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, oh, on a lot of it, like it was a broad <laughs> answer. Oh man, you nailed it. There's, <laughs> right. there's so, so many good things. So I kind of want to kind of break down your answer a little bit. You talked a little about failure, right? right. Um, and in sports, in music, in esports, like failure is inevitable, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so how did, how did you shift your mindset? You mentioned mindset, just looking at a different perspective. What did it look like in the beginning of your esports career with failure? What does it look like now in life? Like, how did that change evolve? And what did you do specifically to get it there? Right. I think uh, early on, my failure gave me perspective as to where I was actually at. Mm. You know, because I think <laughs> you're, you may be naive to maybe how talented you believe you are Mm, or uh, how gifted you may see yourself as. As you start to surround yourself with people that are more talented, that are more skillful, I think you begin to look at it and say, wow, there's more that I can improve upon. Mm. That's what failure did early on. Mm. It kind of gave me the perspective of, oh man, I need, there's a wide variety of my game on the sticks that I really do need to improve on, you know? Uh, Eventually, there's only so much that you can do, mm-hmm. only so much that you can gain within skill in, uh, uh, within that game to where what failure has done for me now has uh, really continued to to make me want to work to get it into grind, you know, the mm-hmm. grit. Yeah, yeah. You know, of really like honing in on certain skills that I believe, okay, this is what I can add to the table. And then also understanding my role. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in early on, I thought I could be, Michael Jordan on the sticks or LeBron James on the sticks. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't believe that everyone's called to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe fa- the, the failure eventually led me to understand, no, this is my role. This is what I could be great at. And now let me maximize that. In the beginning, I was naive to it. Now it's like, no, this is, this is where I'm at. And this is what I'm going to sharpen. These are the skills that I can add to the, to the team on the court. Right. And then you even mentioned in life, uh, the reality is that even now as a youth pastor, man, it all goes back to the same thing. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the most experienced. I'm not the best communicator. And I don't know the most about his word. But the preparation that I put in now, the failure that, that I have now, 
ultimately I've seen time after time how I've improved upon it, you know, mm -hmm. I've grown upon it and I, I stay firm on that. You showed such a level of humility, right? Like I, I can just hear it. I hear it in your story, like just accepting your role and, and seeing right. how you, uh, you know, not making the comparing an enemy, but comparing as a tool. Um, right. And, and in sports, there's such a focus on outcome, right? Versus the process. Right. And um, sometimes we need people that we trust in our circles that are gonna be willing to tell us the truth. And it sounds like as right. you were moving through this environment, you had those people. Was it ever tough to, to accept that type of criticism from somebody when you thought you're gonna right. be a Michael Jordan on the sticks, like you said, right? So right. Well, how did, what was that about? What was that like? For sure. I think it was challenging, you know, uh, through immaturity, uh, you mentioned humility, but on the opposite end of that is pride, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I've walked very prideful seasons of my life to now understand humility, you know? Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he who exhorts himself a humble, but he who humbles himself a resort, really mm -hmm. believing yep. in that. Yeah. Uh, Bob also says that he opposes the proud. So mm -hmm. I've come to understand that I don't want to live a life that's prideful, but instead I want to live a life of humility, which then in fact accepts correction, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, accepts, you, you accept the part of the body that you are, uh, if you even want to talk about within the church, you know? Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with the team. Mm -hmm. the, the reality is in, in my eSport, basketball, NBA 2K, right? Uh, there's a main scorer, there's a main ball handler, mm. there's a, a main defender, you know, there's a, the point guard has his preference with the shooter. Right. So it comes, there comes a moment where if you really want to add the most value to your team, to your organization, even to yourself, looking at the people you're working with, accepting the criticism and accepting the, the, the role that you think might best benefit the organization will ultimately allow you to win more, you know? Mm. So I had a group of guys that I met early on in esports that we really kind of created that 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 place, that environment for criticism, uh, okay. not being offended. So yeah. a lot of mature guys that were also growing wow. okay. uh, off the sticks yeah. where we could have these conversations. Hmm. And of course there were moments where it was like, man, this guy. <laughs> but I think over time, we all understood what we were building and working towards mm. and that allowed us all to submit to the process i just play you know 2k like <laughs> the rest of the world plays like, like i'm in the park you know people right, are right. talking you miss a shot and the whole team just comes down on top of you is right. is it is it like your experience sounds so much different so for right. for those aspiring to get into it, and i know a lot of these kids that want to get into the 2k esports um right and you know, there's just this mindset of like trash talking and just like that type of stuff. What, what is the difference in the culture of a professional esports team and then just like playing in the park? Right. Well, you you got to remember at the end of the day, esports is entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's a sport. Mm -hmm. uh, sports were made to entertain. That's mm -hmm. why I mean, ticket sales are so expensive. Jersey sales <laughs> yeah. are so expensive. These guys have individual brands now. The reality is that smack talking as you would in the park in NBA 2K or smack talking as you would if you're playing outside with a couple of friends, whatever game you're playing, ultimate frisbee, basketball, whatever it is, mm. uh, that is a part of the game. Mm. I have just come to learn myself yeah, and uh, I could be very emotional driven. Mm. And one thing that I've had to learn about myself is if I entertain that level of talk or that level of conversation, 
it really can 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 allow me to to lack i'll, I'll lose focus so quickly mm. you know mm -hmm. uh my best game is when i'm most focused and that's all around in life you know yeah. so if i can eliminate some factors i don't have to worry about that but i will tell you that we had a guy on my team <laughs> that the minute we were playing against people he was talking non-stop i just knew my place <laughs> and understood myself mm -hmm. to where yeah every once in a while i will chirp Mm -hmm. But I also understood that there's this fine uh, uh, boundary that I, I don't want to cross for myself mm -hmm. so I can make sure I'm dialed in and focused, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is, I don't know if you've seen some of these clips on NBA 2K League, man. There's guys that have made a living because of their ability to, you're face-to-face -face against your opponent. Yeah. Standing up after a shot and just yelling and chirping. The fans love that, you know? Sure. It's sure. just not part of who I am and, and what my game mm -hmm. is. Mm. Yeah. And, and you mentioned focus. I think a lot of us are very emotionally driven, like I, especially in video games because uh, you're, you're not sitting next to them. So like I grew up playing like Mario Kart with my brother or Mortal Kombat with my brother. And like, if I right. said anything, like chirped off to him, like it would be like, oh, bam. You know what I mean? So like I learned very early, like you just right. don't do that stuff. But now we don't, like we're not playing couch games right. anymore. We're playing online and so, that that culture just becomes more of it you know i feel like right um and so we are emotionally driven and so you mentioned focus and um you know i'm working with a couple clients right now where uh they're really trying to figure out how to focus before games like the anxiety gets up you know their dad wants them right. to play better or their their coach is telling them to do something that they feel like is getting in their head what is your approach to focus and how do you maintain right. it during the game well i think one of the most difficult parts about the esports industry, it being so new, mm -hmm. uh, most of the NBA 2K League tournaments, especially during COVID, were actually held at home, mm. especially as an amateur, as you're trying to prove yourself, right? So there's so many distractions that can potentially be there. I think one of the biggest things that's distracted me in all of my life has been, and you can't see it because I blurred it out, but it's been <laughs> my phone, you know? Sure, yeah. So early on, uh, when we're talking about failures, early on in my career with esports, mm -hmm. some of our games would be streamed and there'd be like 500 viewers, you know, a couple thousand viewers. Yeah. And it would be so awesome to hear your name over the commentary, you know? Sure, so yeah. I would have my phone and Twitch up and I'm looking at the oh, comments yeah. <laughs> mid game, I miss a shot. And then I look at the comment and they're like, man, he's trash. And I'm like, God, no, <laughs> you know? So I've, yeah. I've had to come to learn that uh, there's a certain way, a process in which I like to do things. And I have to make sure that my environment fits the level of focus that I need. Mm, that's so good. for instance, uh, technology, if I have any other devices, I'm actually going to put them elsewhere just mm. to make sure that I'm dialed and I'm focused, which means that I might have to put, I might have to send a text out. I might have to talk to my wife. I might have, you know, yeah. just to really ensure that it's like everything's taken care of uh, there. And then uh, focus for me comes in, in, in little things that I do that help me focus throughout mm. the game. Right. Um, so for instance, I don't listen to music. A lot of people used to listen to music before games, before mm -hmm. tournaments, uh, that would actually kind of distract me. Okay. And then before games, a lot of people would be sitting on their phone, just stirring passing or getting up and grabbing drinks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I found myself, if, if I was in the gym, like working on my dribble moves, working on my shot, that would help me to where it's like not an on and off switch, but instead I'm plugged in. Yeah. Like I sat down on my chair. I'm in this game, I'm here to compete, and I'm going to continue to build that during the downtime. 
I think uh, someone who plays 2K could understand that sometimes you're you're doing these matchups the best out of three games. Mm-hmm. There might be a 10 minute window in between games, you know, and really making sure that I could, I'm still plugged in, I'm still consistent, you know. This has been big too, and I learned this uh, in college. My coach used to always say, next play, don't worry about it, next play. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I found that could distract me big time in the game itself is if I'm making a mistake, and then I'm just thinking about it the next possession. Mm. It's like, man, that turnover was so stupid. I saw the double team coming. I should have hit the court, you know? Mm. Uh, I should have hit the pick and roll, whatever it is. Uh, and not harping myself on that mistake, but understanding there's a next play and that next play is now. Mm. Focusing on the now helped me big time. Another thing too is, and you understand this if you play 2K or any game or anyone who's ever played any sort of game, we all know there's a box where you can sec- uh, check your stats. Mm-hmm. Dude, that could be the death of you because yeah. you're playing this game, but then you're checking your stat and you're supposed to be competing. You're supposed to be worried about the current play. Yeah. But then you're looking at your stat and you're looking at, oh, shoot, I have three turnovers. I'm um, shooting 40%. Shoot. Oh, man, the guy, <laughs> right, the guy across from me that I'm supposed to be guarding has 30 points, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so just limiting that man mm-hmm. i don't have to check the box score until the game is over you know right and then whatever my 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 box score looks like whatever my stat uh sheet looks like mm-hmm. i'll take it but at least i know i was focused i gave it my best and i gave it my all i, I love so, just eliminating the outside you know talk you know like you you right. had like a very real like sample with your phone and and twitch and right. seeing the comments like that 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 right. script goes through our heads as uh as athletes all the time it's like oh what did that it do does. to my stats you know what did that do mm-hmm. to how people see me you know that's right. that's so good um you mentioned uh in covid you were playing by you'd play these tournaments by yourself um yeah. now since esports can be played from a console or, or the computer um does that ever play into like just isolating yourself uh, is there is there ever a chance that you find yourself just being alone a good chunk of time because you're practicing and competing through consoles? Right. I think that's one of the most difficult parts as you try to establish yourself in the esports industry mm. is that you have these goals and you have this vision of where you see yourself, right. but you're not realizing how unhealthy it may be to sit for 10 hours yeah. on a screen by yourself playing a game. Yeah. You know? Yep. And you feel that you're developing in your craft. So yeah, man, I spent a lot of time in isolation. I think that's totally contrary to what how we're supposed to live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be within, uh, I believe in community and relationship, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, over time I had to learn the importance of it, but I, I dismissed a lot of relationships. You know, one of the, actually when my wife and I were first beginning to date, Mm-hmm. One of the very first things that I used to tell her and everyone else, because we used to work in the same restaurant while we were in college. If I got invited to a function, I'd be like, sorry, guys, I can't. Like my priority, I'm going to keep doing this until I make it. Mm-hmm. I used to tell my wife now, who was currently at the time a, a girlfriend, mm-hmm. I want to make it and I'm going to keep pushing until I do. So in ways, yeah, I deflected a lot of relationships, even early on in my marriage. Yeah. Not meeting her needs, but instead of meeting my need of what I thought I needed to do to develop right. myself as a, as an e-sport athlete, you know? Um, here's where I'm currently at, right? I actually, I don't, I don't play anymore, mm. you know? And I'm not developing uh, 
myself as an esport athlete, I was once doing content creation, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the, I guess, like the retirement process, if you want to talk, <laughs> you know, call it that, because I got married, had kids, yeah, and I still wanted to be around the industry, still wanted to be around the game. Uh, but then eventually, I got to the point where it's like, man, my goal is for one, my first assignment is the ministry of my home. Mm-hmm. That's relationship right there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not called to isolation, but instead I'm called to pour into my wife. I'm called to pour into my kids. Now, for every sport athlete, that may look different because you may not be married, you may not have kids. But I think the reality is that your parents, your siblings, your friends, whoever it is that may be in your life, there has to be this balance of pouring into those those relationships and serving yeah. those people near you, and then eventually finding time to be able to develop your craft. Uh, you can spend eight hours in the gym and not produce results, but person who spends 45 minutes can maximize their, their time and really uh, enhance their physical, you know, their body. And they may look great. And then the person who's sitting there for eight hours. So I think with esports, you have to find that sense of balance, you know? So is there is there any lasting um, thoughts, any lasting advice as far as managing mental health or mental preparation, mental balance, right. uh, being uh, an aspiring esports player? Well, I think a couple of things. For one, if you're even listening to this podcast, that may be a good step, right? Yeah. Because I think we might have uh, come from a generation where these sort of conversations were never even had right. to begin with. Secondly, this is such a new industry mm-hmm. where any little advantage that you can have to set yourself apart, why not take it? And I believe focusing on, on your mental health, uh, fo- focusing on sports psychology is so important because you might be like me, where you're not the most talented, but you have to do something to set yourself apart. Right. And I've been with so many talented uh, uh, people, not only within the game, but outside of it, who just seem to struggle with consistency and longevity mm-hmm. because they're so driven with emotions that they do have the technology, the resources, the people to be able to help them grow and mature in those areas, you know? Uh, so secondly, I think, partnering up with an organization like you and i know that's a uh, that's that's a plug but the reality hey, is I that there are people it. out there right <laughs> there are people out there that can help you during this process mm-hmm. you know and then uh thirdly making it very practical and putting time restrictions mm. how much time do i want to spend uh let's say you're a, a younger athlete or you're a younger person aspiring to be an esport gamer uh how much time do you need to spend time for, for your schoolwork? How much time do you want to spend for your physical health, for your mental health? How much time do you want to uh, spend practicing your game? Whatever it is, building content. I think once we put those restrictions, we have far more balance in our li- lives. Mm-hmm. But then we also know, dude, I got three hours. So for these three hours, I got to be intentional. Yeah. And I got to maximize my time in the gym or maximize my time on the sticks and whatever that could be. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I appreciate the plug. <laughs> yes sir <laughs> no i i think it, it's it is very important you know it's it's we see superstars these days that that don't have that balance you know and right. they're getting they're getting burned on social media or they're getting burned in their game you know or where mm-hmm. they're running into legal trouble and stuff like that so um i like i like how you said organizing it and maximizing that time because because right. you need to do that just for your own health the brain needs that consistency do you still have a youtube channel out there every time a new game comes out specifically for 2k mm-hmm. i do jump on all my handles would be pastor biggs on youtube pastor biggs on twitter 
and then Pastor Biggs on uh, on TikTok. I've been known to make unique, rare builds. Oh, uh, cool. That's that's what my niche was. So when you say Pastor Biggs, is it P R Biggs or P A S T O R Biggs? Spelled out. So P A S T O R B I G S. Awesome. So it sounds like if sure. you want to check out some super dope left field builds, check out Pastor Biggs. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you, Gabe. Thank you for hopping on. And if you are an esports athlete looking to get your mindset ready to compete, we would love to partner with you. You can find us at www.bullishdrive.com and also check out Gabe's channels at Pastor Biggs on YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. All right, fam, thank you for your support. We'll see you next week. And always remember, it starts with you and your destiny is waiting. Peace.